So share this. So this is kind of uh, just defining uh, marriage and family. And as I said, um, it's a different conceptualization uh, because this is more what definitions you would use if you were doing research or 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 the like. And it doesn't necessarily always fit um, our 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 definitions we have in everyday life. Okay. And so we're going to start with, um, whoops, uh, we're going to start with a, a, a term that's called exogamy. And this is marriage outside of a certain group or outside cultural norms so strongly held, don't think about it. Exogamy is much like the definitions that were provided by many of you in this class where you can have interracial um, marriage, uh, you can have different cultural marriage. So, um, you know, in Europe, if you think about a, a German marrying a Russian, as an example, in the United States, you could think of a, a Native American uh, marrying a, a uh, in the East Coast, again, I'll bring up, there's a lot of German cultures, and, and that would be considered exogamy relationship. Um, and, and the interesting thing about when we get into this type of, and, and we talk about this type of marriage relationship is that a lot of conflict occurs in these relationships because of strongly held cultural beliefs. Um, and so as we go through the course, we'll look at the, the uniqueness of, for example, interracial relationships and how they can have unique challenges but um, we'll also see how they can have unique advantages to traditional inter-in-cultural relationships. When we talk about family, um, we use this term nuclear family. And this is uh, typically the living arrangement where you have uh, two spouses and children living together. So you have two parents and then children within the same household. Uh, this is the, the conceptualization of um, um, a, a father, mother, two and a half children, a dog and a picket fence uh, kind of situation. The, the definition nuclear family actually, again, is a more of a modern term. It started to develop in the 1950s because it was believed that the family was the um, core to any community, that it's a family system that holds communities together and that when you get a decineration of the family system, you start to see communities fall apart. And we'll look at in this class some evidence that actually does support that, that, that when a family system, regardless of how it's defined, if there isn't community support for that family system and those family systems are weakened, we see communities that start to fall apart, start to um, not work as well as far as, as community arrangements. So we have the nuclear family, which is mom, dad, children, and then we have the idea of extended family, a living arrangement which spouse, children, and other relatives lives together. Now, this uh, system of, of family 
is actually not something foreign to, to most cultures. Here in the United States, it has become foreign because it's believed that, you know, a, a two individuals go into adulthood, you seek your independence from your family system, you meet someone, you create a family of your own, and there's a disconnect between um, living arrangements with extended families, such as grandparents or relatives. But this, again, is a relatively new concept in the United States. It, it started to emerge again in the 1940s, 1950s, when we were really uh, doing individualistic, the, the individualism here in the United States really started to take off. In traditional families, uh, when we're talking pre-1950s in Western culture specifically, it was not uncommon to have grandparents living with their children and with their grandchildren. And the family system was grandparents would take care of children um, and, and help the parents out where, plus also provide that historical knowledge of family. And then you see that extension going through the family. And this still holds true uh, for, for many uh, subcultures in the United States, such as uh, many Native American cultures. Uh, Tana Otham culture often uh, has uh, extended family living in under the same household. Many uh, Mexican-American families, um, especially if they, they, they have Mexican origins, still hold that extended relatives and, and grandparents living with uh, their children. And so in, in subcultures here in the United States, this, this still holds true, but there's still this disconnect in the broader culture uh, about, uh, you know, you should have an independent home, your, your parents should be taken care of in their own home. And so that's kind of a, again, a recent change. And we'll talk about that conflict that that creates not, a, not only for the broader cultures, but those subcultures within the United States still that still hold that extended family idea living under the same household and the conflict that it creates. Um, and, and so we'll get into that throughout the class. When we talk about um, types of marriage, uh, marriage and family, we usually divide them into monogamy or polygamy. Monogamy is two married partners. Um, and here in the United States, we we uh, we uh, we practice serial monogamy, where uh, most people are not well. Well, actually, that's true because our divorce rates are now greater than fifty percent; they're around sixty-three percent. Um, and we see that uh, people do serial monogamy when you're in one relationship, and then when that relationship ends, you go into the next relationship. Um, uh, there is a, a, a version of monogamy where, uh, you know, you have two separate families, um, which is, is a unique one. Polygamy is when you have three or more uh, marriage partners. Um, and there's, there's a couple types of polygamy. Um, and as, as I mentioned uh, last week, polygamy is not uh, rare in our world. In fact, 85% of countries in the world um, uh, permit polygamy as a form of family relationships. And um, let me try to remember, yeah. 
and there's a couple different types of polygamy. There's polygyny. <laughs> this is where a man polygyny, uh, uh, where you uh, a man has multiple wives. There's polyandry, where a woman has multiple husbands. And there's polygonandry, where there's many wives and husbands. So uh, with polygamy, uh, you know, if we want to do some stereotyping, we can think of the Mormons here in the United States. But again, about 85% of the world's countries permit polygamy uh, as a form of relationship. Polyandry is a little bit rare. Um, if we look at, for example, Native American cultures, uh, the Navajo culture traditionally practiced polyandry, where uh, the, the, the woman was really the landowner, uh, the female was a landowner. And so if men wanted, they would woo or, or try to be part of that female's uh, uh, property and, and, and relationship by proving themselves to that. We also see in, the, in, in many of uh, the Alaskan tribes that polyandry was commonly practiced because it was the women who actually owned the fishing boats. And uh, so the men who wanted to work them would have to, again, woo the, the, the female. And we see this in other, uh, spe specifically a lot of fishing type of communities around the world. Polygenandry is a more rare form of multiple relationships within a marriage um, and and uh, it is it is actually becoming a more and more popular here in the United States as we see uh, more sexual diversity within relationships more uh, individuals uh, understanding you can have more emotional connections with multiple people instead of just a single individual so this is a growing trend here in the United States of having multiple wives and multiple husbands, both being able to uh, have that within their singular relationship. But what we see in this type of setup is there's still usually a nuclear husband and wife, as you would say, and then they would have their separate uh, wives or husbands along with it. So they're still in this polygenandry situation, a core couple that then go out and find multiple other relationships with others. Okay. Um, and, and I, I didn't, I forgot, this is also another form of what's called horde living, um, where uh, it's, it's beneficial to live in a group and to share the intimacy within that family system. So, so, as, a, as mentioned, when we talked about the social construct of marriage and family, um, we can see that there's patterns that are culturally relative um, and how patterns of marriage uh, and family changing. And these are things that we'll talk about. We're going to do throughout this course some cross-cultural comparisons with family and marriage. And we'll see that not all cultures define it the same. And we're also going to take our own culture, especially the predominant culture, and look at it from a historical perspective about the meaning of marriage and family. And then we'll take a look at how that uh, uh, overarching culture then has influenced a lot of, for example, Native American uh, ways of living and has created, in a lot of ways, a lot of confusion and a lot of uh, resource 
deallocation because of the ways things are defined. Um, and we'll look at how patterns of marriage and family have changed. And I kind of related uh, talk to that. And, and really in this class, you all brought up a lot of the changes from what we usually have seen to traditional, for example, marriage to be, because it's only been, I believe it's only been about four or five years since it's been legal here in the United States to have, for example, same-sex marriages and same-sex relationships, and for them to get the same benefits, as you would say, with the male-female relationship. And we see these trends changing. And we'll talk about what that means. And, and I think probably for me a, 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 as a researcher, what I think is interesting is if you look at um, uh, uh, binary relationships, male-female versus same-sex relationships, and uh, if you look at the research since about 2011, and, and the reason why I say that is before 2011, the federal government had a ban on doing impartial research and funding for impartial re research for same-sex relationships. And so before about 2011, any research done on same-sex uh, uh, couples was really done by special interest uh, organizations who either were for or against uh, same-sex relationships. But after 2011, we see federal funding, which allowed a lot of researchers to do more impartial um, research on, on same-sex and comparing it to male-female relationships. And so far, uh, which I find interesting, is we really see no difference even when we look at the attraction um, research and the physiological attraction research, it's exactly the same. Uh, we see the same rates of uh, relationship discourse, for example. This, we have the same rates of domestic violence and same-sex relationships as we do um, male-female relationships. We have the same divorce rates. And, and so it's, it's interesting that ever since this research has been more impartial, we're seeing that there is really no difference between the love, say, a man and woman have together than what a man and a man or a woman and a woman have together. Now, I do think um, there's more to be said on this because I think uh, we need to start looking at more now of transgender, transsexual type of uh, relationships and to see if those still hold because even in the research that we have it's still kind of that binary of female male female female male male and the complexity of of gender and sexuality uh, still needs to be more looked into um so marriage uh just again we'll get into some uh the formal um definitions. Uh, so the way marriage is, is formalized is it's approved mating arrangements uh, formalized by ritual. And here in the United States, that's been formally done through a legal document um, and, and presenting the couple to a community and saying, here we are. And that's really the idea behind a marriage. Um, I would say that, uh, you know, when we look at marriage licenses and marriage uh, certificates, as you would say, they do have somewhat of a tainted past because originally 
a marriage license was a purchasing agreement between the father of the the bride and the 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 future male spouse it was basically a purchase arrangement and it was basically a a marriage license is is a a transfer of licensing from the father to the spouse and that's really where the idea of marriage licensing came from is it was more of a sell or a trade of a person now we don't think about it that way in modern terms, uh, I hope, and I, and I hope that's not uh, what we think of them as, but that's the origins of those. And so it's a formalized arrangement, and it's a formalized ritual, usually done through a religious uh, type of, of ritual where the couple is presented to the community. Um, family uh, traditionally has been uh, uh, defined as two or more people who are related by marriage, blood, or adoption, uh, and they live together and have or have lived together. And so this is kind of, again, that, that more traditional definition. The unfortunate part about it, again, is this is really how the legal system um, uh, defines it. And so it gives certain legal rights to these formal definitions versus the ones that really I think the class uh, is, is really looking at when we think about marriage and family. Okay. Um, when we talk about family of orientation, that's where a person grows up, the, the people they grow up with, and family of procreation is where a person was born. So the, the, again, these are just some definitions. So when we're talking about the complexity of family and we're talking about the orientation, that's where a person grows up, the situation they grow up in. And when we talk about the family of procreation, that was a family that a person was born into. And this becomes important when we talk about blended families um, and when we talk about especially families with adoption because we that there's complexities that start to arise between the family of orientation and the family of procreation and we'll talk about those specific dynamics when we get to that area and um Again, this is just bringing up the different types of marriage group norms. So cultural norms so strongly held, they don't think about it. Uh, exogamy is marriage outside of a certain group. Endogamy is marriage within a certain group. So um, uh, again, uh, these are just some terms that I want everybody to be aware of. Um, when we talk about patterns of descent, and again, this is just all terminology so that we have a, a grounding. Uh, when we talk about patterns of descent, we talk about bilineal or bilateral. This is when a person traces both their mother and father's side of the house. Um, and this is a pattern for our um, dominant culture. So usually in the dominant culture, uh, in the United States, um, uh, family is traced through both family lineages. And that's, you know, you think about the family trees. If you go on to um, um, one of those uh, uh, heredity uh, uh, websites and you look at your family history, they usually trace it from both parents. Um, 
patrilineal is when uh, family history is traced only on the father's side and matrilineal is traced only on the mother's side. And this is where we see in a lot of our subcultures here in the United States, um, we see that uh, some uh, of our subcultures, uh, and again, we're talking Native American, and it really depends upon the tribe. We're also talking about um, uh, certain African American and certain Mexican uh, American uh, subcultures. Uh, is uh, some trace along the father's line and some trace along the mother's line. And so, um, you know, when you're introducing, you know, your, 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 your tribe or where you come from, it usually is from one side or the other in, in a lot of, for example, Native American communities. So um, we have seen some changes in this uh, where, where some uh, Native American uh, communities or individuals are choosing to take both sides, and then there's some that stick with the traditional line. Um, and so uh, we'll talk about this and talk about these patterns, and, and we'll also talk about why they matter from a, a individual and a cultural perspective, and how, um, you know, uh, we need to uh, both honor the way someone thinks about their descent and and not try to um, uh, press upon them a way that they should be thinking about where they come from. All right. Okay, so today I just wanted to make sure we went through those definitions. Um, does anybody have any questions about those definitions, about uh, the terminology that was used? Again, I believe this presentation is posted in our canvas, but I wanted to go through them and give some explanation and how they relate, they're going to relate to our class. Does anybody have any questions? No. Okay, all right. Thank you, Sophia. All right, thank you, Yasmin. All right. Well, what I think we can do for today is let's uh, let's close up class. I will uh, again for this week's um, reflection. What I would like you to reflect on is these formal definitions, and then your conceptualization of marriage and family, and how you feel that they, whether they need to be narrowed down, or whether the these definitions need to be expanded. And I'd like you to reflect on that for your weekly reflection. Um, and so, Sophia, do you have a question? No, sorry. Okay, no, it's okay, it's okay. So I think that'll be good for today. And then on Wednesday, we'll, uh, we'll start looking at specifically intimate relationships and intimate relationship formation now that we have kind of these definitions down. And we're going to start there. And then we'll get into the development of family as we get through, you know, we, there's a lot of things to talk about. We got to talk about attraction. We have to talk about uh, emotions and intimacy and then other needs that need to be fulfilled within relationships. So we have a lot to talk about in this formation of a quote unquote marriage. Um, and then we'll get into the development of this. Uh, I, I like, I can't remember who said it. 
uh, two people feel like they want to be together in love and life together. Um, I, that's not an exact quote, but um, what happens when two people get to that point um, and then start to develop a family? And then, you know, unfortunately with this course, and we, I know this, this isn't one of my favorite topics, we got to talk about dissolutions of family, so things like divorce. And we have to bring up when relationships go wrong. So we got to talk about things like domestic violence um, and domestic uh, abuse. So uh, that's kind of where we're headed. Um, and we will start this journey now that we have some definitions behind us. And I know where you all are coming from. We'll start this uh, journey this coming Wednesday. And I look forward to seeing you all then. And until then, take care. Thank you. Have a great day.